If you own your own home, then you remember the day that your realtor or your builder handed over the keys. It is a day that you will never forget. It is really the the ultimate American dream, right? You pull in the driveway and you look at your house and you think, this is my house. If you have yet to build a house, or if that's in your future, there's some things that you should know. There are things that you need to know and ask the builder before you start the process of building a house to make sure they're an honest builder. It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for joining our podcast, our weekly podcast. And the goal here is just to be smart with our money. And I think we all want to be smart with our money, but hey, we're human. We make mistakes, right? But we got to set ourselves up for the path of financial independence, which means that you work because you want to work, not because you have to work. And we all can get there. But along the way, we need to be smart with our money. So building a house, let's specifically talk about that. There's a cost-effective way to do it. So we bring in, we cash in with our experts, Rick and Jackie Cardis from Stonehaven Custom Homes, been in business for nearly 30 years. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get right into it here. To stay on the path of financial independence, we got to be smart with our money along the way. We have to make financially sound decisions. And it's tough, but we need to live by the rule of living within our means, even below our means. So when we're talking about buying a home, building a house, we're looking at a pretty hefty price tag. What is the most cost-effective way to do this? Because it's so easy to be wowed by the staging of the model, not to mention every builder has a different list of standards. You know, granite countertops came with this base price, and it didn't come with this base price. That's Are we one of the hardest things, paying is the apples to oranges. Okay. Are, when you look at different builders and getting prices from different people, are they the same standards? Are you doing right. an apples to apples comparison or is it apples to oranges? And it makes, that's why there's such okay. a price. I think that a lot of times what people uh, don't realize is they go in and they talk to a builder and they find out that there are certain standard features that come with that house. There's like amenities like say granite. But if you don't have the workmanship to put those materials together, at the end, they don't look that great anyway. So I think what a lot of people don't stop to think about when they build a house is when you go into a model, you want to make sure that when you walk into that model and you're looking at all these beautiful things in this, in this uh, model looks so pretty that the person that did the work on that model is the person that's going to be working in your house. Because I know that there are a smaller amount of builders do this, but through the years that they'll have different contractors work on their model than they will okay. on the regu- on the houses that they're building so that, because they know that's their showpiece. So is that something that we should make sure we ask when we go into an open house? I think that a good sign uh, is to find out how long he has a relationship with the contractors that are working for him. Okay. Because I think that if you have a contractor that has a lot of turnover with contractors, there's something to be said about it. Are there areas in the house that we should invest a little bit more money? I would say planning on doing a future rec room or something in your basement. You might want to do the rough openings for the plumbing for a future bathroom down there. Once that floor is poured, it's a lot more costly to put in openings for plumbing at that point than it is to do it before. The cabinetry not necessarily countertops because they're easy enough to be lifted off and changed at, at a certain point. Okay. But cabinets are something you're going to want to install and leave them installed. But countertops, like say you, you 
can't quite get the extra money to do a granite countertop, but you really want it, put a Formica one in for now, a year, two years, three years later, take that up and put a granite in or a quartz or whatever solid surface you want to have in the kitchen. I mean, that right there will save you a good chunk of money to put into something else. Like say you want to have nice trim or different types of doors. Always try to focus on something that's easy to fix down the road instead of something that's going to be way more difficult. Like taking out cabinets is that's a big deal. So it costs a lot to renovate a kitchen. Whereas, okay, you know, put good (laughs) cabinets in now and then just think about changing out different aspects of like the countertop, the hardware or amenities like that in the kitchen. Same thing with flooring. I mean, you could do a vinyl flooring, rip that up and and put hardwood down at another point or tile, whatever, you know, type of flooring you'd want to see in there. But it's not something you have to do when you build exactly. How about the exterior of a house? How hard is it to modify the exterior of a house? Because I know we have, we're thrown with options of, okay, siding, color, and do you want the shake siding? Do you want the stone? Because that's popular now is the stone. Um, Our philosophy has always been to kind of spend the money outside first. Oh, okay. Because nobody notices, you know, what work you're doing inside. But outside, that's what everybody, when they're driving by, what they see. So if you want to put the extra money someplace, put it in the extra. it's harder to change later. It is hard. I mean, you could have a box colonial, but if you've done it in nice colors, the wider trim, a little accent of stone or something, that's going to give you more, oh, wow, look at that pretty house. We never take a course in home buying or home building, so we kind of just learn from each other and from our own mistakes, which leads to, I'm sure, a lot of misconceptions about the building process. What is the biggest misconception that you've seen um, throughout the years that you've been doing this? I think one of the misconceptions would be that I think that when you're when you go to a, a home builder, sometimes when you when they'll send you to where they um, where they sell their uh, faucets and and fixtures, they'll think that they're spending too much because they'll go to a big box store and they'll find a faucet that looks exactly yes, like it. And that yes, faucet might be $75, maybe $100 less. But with that said, we live in Rochester and Rochester doesn't have, have any national builders. These are all, any builder that builds in the Rochester area is relatively on a national scale small build. We're all small business owners. So in order for us to be in business, we have to have companies, an example of Matthews and Fields, that supply small builders. And when, when we go and we buy a product from uh, somebody like them, say, or a vendor that sells faucets, we're spending more money for that faucet. But with that faucet, we have a salesman. That faucet gets warranted. It gets delivered. There's a lot of stuff. Paying for that, more of the service behind the product. Okay. Because you couldn't, you can't. If 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 builders had to depend on the big boxes to supply them, they yeah. wouldn't be in business. You couldn't be. You'd have to because they don't they don't service you the way some of the smaller vendors. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people go there and they think that they're. Why am I paying? You know, if the fixture at. The yeah, they're get, being taken advantage of. Why, yeah, why are you charging me this much for this yeah. same faucet? Well, because they're looking to trim said, the money, too. But that being the... said, that faucet is really not the same faucet. Those faucets, say Delta makes a faucet that they sell there. Well, Delta's faucet that they sell to the big box is a little bit different. They're 
Well, have parts might be plastic inside instead of metal. Okay. There's little things that they adjust to sell it at that big box store. Okay, now, yes. To what they sell to. Now, I've worked with um, Messner Flooring a lot, and they said the same thing. You can get these Armstrong is a a Mm -hmm. popular name that everybody knows. And you go to a store and you see Armstrong must be good. Well, it's a a specific Armstrong made for that type of store. Okay, so it's the same. Same kind of deal. And I don't think the general public really knows that. They think, oh, well, this it's the same faucet. How much can you negotiate with a builder? Is there wiggle room? Every builder's different. Okay. It depends how they approach, how they do their pricing, really. So it's hard to say. Like a lot of people can go in and think that they go, oh, we'll negotiate this off and we'll negotiate that off. It depends what their profit margin. What could we say to make sure we are getting that honest person who's selling us a house? Well, the only the only thing I would say is I think that you need to compare the pricing. You need okay. to talk to more than one builder. Yeah. I think that you need to, you, like uh, Jackie said, have references. references compare actually. pricing. Don't okay. don't. I don't think anyone really, and, I, and I'm a builder, I don't think anyone should just go with the first builder they talk to. I think that you need to get a second opinion on everything. But again, it's hard to I compare think, apples and apples because one builder might offer the granite, the 10 foot ceilings, this, that, the other thing as a standard and another doesn't, but yet the price is right. And so how do we navigate that? How do we compare? I mean, you do, you have to look at the standard features in that price point. Like yeah. what are they? What is this builders? What is that builders? You, you have, have to do to, a lot of homework. You have to do a lot of homework. You have to, yes, get references because I mean, is every builder going to satisfy every single person and be so happy? No, that's a perfect world. It doesn't happen. But overall, generally, you should be able to go and get references of their work and and how the relationship was with that builder. And usually that'll give you a good frame of reference of what you're going to get. I think comfort level, too. I mean, it's an emotional purchase, and it's it's a big dollar amount purchase. So you have to be confident in your builder and have a good relationship and feel good about it because that's the end goal everybody wants to have that dream house or their you know house that makes them feel good built they want to be able to have a working relationship that they're comfortable with to get to that point so that the outcome is is a happy again i tell everybody this and this isn't just for them it's for me make sure that you have everything in writing you never assume things I could, I, you could have an honest builder and an honest customer and they, and they have interpreted something two separate ways. And I've had it, we've had it happen with us where mm-hmm. people assume, uh, like an example on, on a blueprint, you need to look at the standard features of what are offered from that builder because you could look at a blueprint and it might show a fireplace on there. Well, it doesn't mean you get a fireplace. It might show, okay. a, it might show an archway that's uh, all trimmed out. Well, that doesn't mean you get that. The architect look. just drew it that right. way. Right. Yeah. The architect and the builder are two separate companies. So the architect might sell that plan to four or five different builders. So he generalizes when he puts amenities in into that plan. Is it better, more cost effective? Because that's what we that's what that's what our goal is here to be more more cost effective. Is it to work with an architect one on one and get exactly what you want out of your house, or is it to find an existing plan and then work with that? 
it's definitely. always better to find an existing plan. Okay. I mean, it, in our, you could draw something from, you know, the ground up, but it, I mean, it's going to be hourly rates of the architect spending time on that plan. Okay. So that's just more money as you're going along, where if you find an existing plan that's already meets your needs, perfect. It's already put together on paper. You just have to buy the plan where if you want to find an existing plan and maybe modify it a little, that's more cost effective. But the most cost effective way to do it is find one that's already existing. And will you have to compromise on some things? Probably, but and it's going to save you money. With that said, I would say probably 10% of the people that build with us have found a plan that they yes. didn't change anything on. Most everybody changes something. Something, something whether it's moving a door or something. The there's little simpler things. changes. Well, if they're non-structural, if they're non-structural, usually. sometimes the towns will let you okay. just uh, change it. If it's a door over to the right or the left, but the archway a little things. bit smaller, okay. or a rail that's a little bit longer. Uh, but if it's anything structural or uh, if you're moving exterior walls, then it, the, the architect has to draw. Now let's talk about briefly here before we um, uh, get our return on investment. Spot building. Do you get a lot of people who buy land and then spot build on it? Or are more people looking for that neighborhood to build? I think that lately it seems like we've been getting a lot of people that have their own lot. They bring it to Any advice you can give to those who find the perfect spot, want to buy the land and then build? I think one of the biggest mistakes people do is when they purchase a lot, they don't get a professional involved soon enough. Because I think that they go out and they purchase a lot and they don't really understand what they're buying. When you look at a lot, uh, not all lots are equal. So say that you, you're you looking at a lot and it could be even in the same track that uh, there's one lot down the street. And you know, maybe you know a friend that bought that lot. Say they paid $30,000, we will say, okay. in that lot. And you think, so you're thinking, well, my lot must be worth 30000 Well, maybe that lot didn't need as much earth moving done on it. Maybe that lot, uh, if it's in an area where there's septics, maybe that lot perked better than the lot that you're purchasing. So a septic system can range anywhere from five thousand to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. So how do we find out what? Who do we? Call I would in think to... that you would either have to a bring a builder in okay. to talk to that might know more about the area and developing, or I think that you need to get in a surveyor engineer, land uh, engineer that would take a look at it and tell you what you're going to need on that on that particular piece of property. At the end of the day, what is more cost effective? You can get more out of your money doing what? Spot building or an existing neighborhood? I or would, is it a wash? I don't think there really is. I, I don't think, think there's either. one or the other. Yeah, it would, oh, there's okay. too many factors to determine that, I think. Okay. Um, I mean, I think what drives that is more where people want to be, like how you were saying, like maybe they're looking for a neighborhood. They want to be in a neighborhood. Then they probably have a better chance of building with a builder in a certain track. Okay. Where if somebody wants maybe more privacy, more land, or they don't have kids to worry about that they want have neighbors, they might look for that lot. So I think it depends. I don't know that there's a more cost-effective way to do it because, again, no matter what, you're still building and you still need to remember those cost-effective things like the extra course of basement, maybe, you know, fireplace. Can you box a fireplace and add it later? Like what things they still could do to save 
would be the same either way. And that's a perfect way to segue and lead us into our return on investment. You've dedicated, invested your time into this podcast, um, and we appreciate it. So now we give you your ROI, your return on investment. What would be that one thing that um, we could take away and start doing today, or at least seriously consider today when it comes to building a house? I think research, really. I mean, know what you want to do. Know who you want to do it with. Know what products you're interested in. The more educated you can get on home buying and home building, the better it's going to be. So I think if you just invest the time to you know, take that extra time to learn as much as you can about it before you sit down and start meeting with builders, then you're more educated and you can understand what they're talking about instead of okay. just sit there and you go and you're like, oh, wow, this is way more than we think thought it was going to be. It was part of that research, pricing out how much each house in that neighborhood sold for. Is that part of the process? Well, I would think the so. The value yeah. of yeah, the neighborhood it, itself? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Okay. And then research on the builder, make sure they're good and honest. And, you get um, references. You know, you drive in there on a day that maybe somebody is out mowing a lawn on a Saturday. You need to have to. You have to have the courage to stop and ask the neighbor. Because that is going to be your best way to get references. Best reference. Absolutely. Always have to ask more than one person because, you know, I've learned this a long time ago. You know, I don't care who the builder is or there's, you're not, everyone's going to be happy all the time. I'll even say that about, I've been in business for 27 years and I can tell you that no matter what you do, you're not going as hard as you try. There's going to be somebody that, you might not have fully pleased. So when you go into a neighborhood, you can't just ask one person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you need to get that makes sense. two or yeah. three or four, and and then you'll get a, a an idea of what the builder's all about, what he if he cares, how he treats people, how the process is. It's all about when you're building a house, I think it comes down to building with somebody that relieves your stress. I think that you need to look at their process. Like when we build... When people build with us, one of the things we started probably 15 years ago is that we made sure that no one, we would not put the shovel in the ground until everybody had everything picked out. And that was two-part. Number one, it made our job easier because then we didn't have to wait. And it made the purchasers more at ease. More at ease. They enjoyed the, uh, the the process. They were less stressed. And that's what it's really all about. I think that we've learned, Jackie and I have learned, that if you can keep the stress level down, keep the communication open, then I think that on both sides, it's going to be a more enjoyable process. In the end, that's what it's all about. It's all about this is going to be your home. This is something that you should enjoy. It's something that you should be proud of. I tell everybody that 150 years from now, This is something that you create. These are your ideas. This house is sitting here because it was your thought. You wanted it here. Maybe someday somebody will look back and they'll research you. Because we do it all the time. We look back on who, when we rehab houses, we find out who built that house. Why they built it. What was their life like? And that's really what having a home to me and Jackie and what we do is all about. 
Oh, love it. Perfectly said. Rick, Jackie Curtis from Stonehaven Custom Homes, thank you so much. And uh, next week on Seven Figures, we're going to dive into the conversations that we need to be having with our kids about money, setting them up for financial success. Next week on Seven Figures.